Awesome. All right. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. I'll just pray us in real quick. Lord Jesus, good morning. Thank you for this gift that you've given us today. And uh, again, just ask you to help us recalibrate uh, our hearts and minds, quiet, quiet our hearts and minds so we can hear from you through James. Thank you for his uh, courage to lead us this morning. And um, just ask you to, again, to speak through him to us. In Jesus' name, amen. James Kennedy, good morning. Hey, good morning, Jerry. Yes, and good morning, tribe. And it is definitely great to be back again. And uh, I trust everyone had a good holiday weekend and is ready for whatever the, the week is going to throw at us. And I must say that I'm sure glad we have this tribe of leaders that are willing to equip and lift each other up during these crazy times. I know I continue to be blessed by the wisdom and insights you guys and gals bring to the table each and every morning. And it's uh, definitely an honor to be able to share again today. And uh, I guess today I wanted to kind of dive into that word perspective and kind of think through that a little bit. Um, and I've just gone through and written some things down here that I'd like to share with everybody. Um, when Jerry first talked about doing these PSPs, I thought, man, what a you know great idea. And even better yet, I like the three words he used to describe what we would be doing. And uh, we all know those three words are prayer, scripture, and perspective. And now those first two words, prayer and scripture, I would say more than likely would be part of most people's devotional time. Even if you're just doing a devotional plan off your phone or reading the devotional out of a book there's usually at least a reference to scripture and then you'd spend some time in reflection and prayer and, but then jerry added the word perspective and i'm guessing he could have used some other words like discussion or thoughts or even prayer scripture and sharing but instead he went with the word perspective and i absolutely love it adding perspective into the mix is a key and very important ingredient to the recipe, so to speak. Uh, now, the reason I love that word so much is that back when I was a 19-year-old kid, I had an experience that changed my perspective on life, and it's had a lot to do with making me the person I am today. I became a Christian at the age of 13 and was blessed to have grown up in a Christian home with parents that instilled biblical principles into my life. However, it was at that age of 19 that my perspective on what it meant to fully rely on the Lord to meet my needs and really just life in general was really challenged and forever changed. At 19, I was a kid fresh out of high school and was full of life thinking I was ready to tackle the world. Well, this one day I received a letter in the mail and yes, I know I'm kind of dating myself there a little bit, but uh, I did. I received a handwritten letter in the mail from an older missionary that my family had known down through the years. And he was inviting me to spend three weeks of my upcoming summer with him down in South America, showing the Jesus film in villages throughout the Andes Mountains and then along the banks of the Amazon River. Well, I'm, I'm always up for a, a good adventure. And so I was all in. But little, little did I know that the experiences I would have during those three weeks would continue to calibrate my perspective on life for years to come and still does even to this very day. 
Now, if any of you have ever been on a mission trip to a third world country, then you kind of know a little bit of what I'm talking about. I mean, taking a vacation to a third world country is one thing, but when you go down there and you live with the people in their houses and you eat their home cooked food and you take those cold bucket showers under the banana tree, then you kind of tend to come back with a entirely different experience and perspective. And as a naive teenager, I had in my mind that we would be just going down there and showing this Jesus film to all these people that had never heard about Jesus before. Well, over those three weeks we were there, I know we showed it to many people in remote areas throughout the mountains and along the Amazon River that probably had not heard of Jesus or much less had seen the gospel story come to life before them on a big portable movie screen. However, what I was not expecting and what really was an eye-opener to me was how on fire that South American Christians and churches were that we worked alongside of while we were there. Now, I had grown up in church my whole life, but what amazed me was when these people, when they would pray, I'm telling you, they prayed as if their lives depended on God answering their prayer right then and there. And when they sang, man, they would sing at the top of their lungs as if Jesus was physically sitting there right in front of them, listening to every word. Mm. And the preacher, well, he would get up and he would preach for an hour and then they would start in singing and praying some more. And so here I was, this 19 year old kid from America trying to process all this and I'm soaking it all in and it kind of just hits me like a ton of brick and I begin thinking to myself, okay, now, most of these people I'm seeing around here are living in tiny one or two room huts with dirt floors and they have absolutely no idea what AC is. Many of them, you know, if they don't grow it or they don't catch it, they're not eating. And many of them had no running water unless it was from rainwater collected on their roofs. And many of them had walked hours just to be where we were showing the film. And yet the passion and the joy the head on their faces was so authentic and their faith was so strong. It was just contagious and amazing to see. And so when I got back from that trip, my perspective on what I was thinking it was going to take for me to make it in life, so to speak, had completely changed. I had seen people that had relatively nothing as far as our materialistic culture is concerned, and they were living happy and content lives, thanking the good Lord for all the small blessings that they did have. And so even to this day, when things tend to get hard or I have a day when things may not be going my way, I'll I'll think back to that first missions trip I took and to those people who changed my perspective that it's not just the accomplishments and material things we achieve in this life that's going to matter in the end, but rather it's having that personal relationship with our creator who will help us get through the ups and downs of life that really matters. And so as I was kind of thinking about this word perspective and pulling these thoughts together for this morning, I actually went and I kind of Googled the definition of perspective. And here's what it says. It says perspective is a mental view or prospect. It is the capacity to view things in their true relations or relative importance. And so then I jumped on my Bible app and I typed in the word perspective in the search bar and several scripture references popped up and they were all familiar verses that we've known for years, but they seem to kind of take on a whole new light 
as I read them with that word perspective in mind. And the first one I read came from Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. And it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And as I read that, I thought, you know, what a great perspective on how we don't always see the bigger picture. And we need to trust and wait on the Lord's guidance and leading in our lives. And another scripture reference that popped up was out of the book of Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And then if you skip down a little further in that chapter, he says, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own and so as i finished reading through those verses i just thought wow how relevant and reassuring those words are for us today jesus says that if we will seek his kingdom and his will first then he has promised to be there for us and to take care of all those other needs that we may have. And so as we've been dealing with this crazy pandemic for, I guess it's probably close to 12 weeks now or more, I'm just trying not to let the whole negative impact and perspective we've seen as business owners distort or take away from me seeing some of the good that has come out of this whole mess. And I'm beginning to hear you know stories of how families have reconnected and become much closer together through this whole ordeal i heard a dad say the other day that he took his family out for a bike ride for the first time in years and that he had forgotten how much fun it was to ride a bike and what a great time they had together as a family and i hear of conversations that have taken place between employers and employees and even co-workers that would not have happened six months ago, but because of this pandemic, someone took the time to stop and ask, so how are you really doing and what can I do to help? Mm. It's also been exciting to see God's people get creative on how they can still be the hands and feet of Jesus to those around them, even with all these restrictions and all the chaos that has been going on around us. So, mm. and I just say, look at, you know, what Jerry and the, guys have put together with this whole PSP and tribe thing. It's just, they felt led to start something that would help a much larger group of us weather the storm together. And these morning PSPs have been invaluable to me during this time. And it's just been so good to band together as a group of brothers and sisters in Christ to share and invest in each other's lives. Mm-hmm. And a good friend of mine, Dave Brown, uh, he used to be the CEO of Lens Crafters, and before that he was the 
head of family Christian bookstores back when they were in their heyday. And I was talking to him and he was sharing with me the other day. Um, he's now retired, but sits on the board of a nonprofit ministry called Heart of the Outdoors. And that ministry, they own a beautiful property up here north of Cincinnati and they host men's events for churches and for men that might not necessarily darken the doors of a church. And, and on this property, they have this huge, big hill. And at the top of that hill, they have put up this huge um, wooden cross that they have taken from beams from an old barn that was falling down there on the property. And I'd say it's probably 20 or 25 foot tall cross. And it's, it's just, it's just gorgeous. It, uh, it's one of the coolest sights you will see as you drive into that, that property. And so these groups of men, they come together and they're part of a six month challenge at this ministry and it's called blood brothers. And the larger group is then divided up into smaller groups called braids. And then they compete against each other in different events over six months. And at the end of the six months challenge, um, all the guys get together at the bottom of this big hill and they have to pick up, I think it's a 40 or 50 pound bag of sand. And they have to walk up this long hill. It's like probably 200 yards to the top of the hill and drop that bag of sand at the foot of the cross. Mm. And it's representing them laying their burdens down at the foot of the cross. It's just a, it's been a powerful, amazing event that's changed many guys' lives. But, uh, when I was talking to Dave, he was telling me a couple of weeks back that he was, he just couldn't sleep one night and he was really beginning to struggle mentally with this whole pandemic thing. And so he had gotten up early and decided to climb up that big hill and sit down by that cross. And when he got up there, he said he felt inspired to write a poem. And I thought I would wrap things up today by just sharing his perspective and that poem that he wrote with you. I sent Dave a quick email just saying, hey, do you care if I share with the guys and gals today? And he said I'd, he'd be honored. So uh, the poem he wrote is called I Wept. And uh, it says, knew this crazy time was impacting me, the depth of which I did not see, made it up the hill to the top at the cross I had to stop. And then all I could see was Christ, Christ on it sacrificed for me. Then I wept, tears streaming down my face. He loves us so much, he took our place. I wept for the impact, the most vulnerable, the old, the weak, the poor. I wept for those that are ill, the doctors, the nurses, and those caring deeply, risking so much more. I wept for the many things for granted we used to take, for hugs, time with family, friends, a simple warm handshake. I wept for those who do not know Jesus the rock, the loving shepherd that sacrificed to save you, me, his flock. I wept for letting fear and its lies into my soul creep. I wept until I spilled all of it out from down deep. Then at the foot of the cross, I prayed. I have no idea how long I stayed. I prayed for our world and its safety, for protection over you and me. I prayed for our leaders, our folks on the new front line, that for wisdom, healing, cures we would find. I pray for those impacted the worst, that God's love be what they feel first. I prayed for choosing faith, more not fear, for those I love and hold so dear. Then I wept some more before I stood up and shouted in a loud voice, you've got this, God, trusting in you is my choice. I praise you for your power that moves mountains and calms seas. 
for the hope that all this madness you will on your time cease. Praise you for your love that we would freely let it show to the lost that need your salvation and hope to know. Praise you for the reminder in this time that really matters, faith, family, and friends, not worldly things like glass that shatters. I then smiled at the thought of hugs to give, laughter, and connections to share. I prayed. I wept. To God, my voice I raised. And after reading that poem, I, for the first time, I was not ashamed to say that I kind of wept a little myself. And Jerry, I'm not sure I can think of a better place to find perspective than at a foot of an old rugged cross. And that's what I've got for us today, Jerry. It went a little long. I'm sorry. My apologies. Oh, you're good. You're good. That's that spectacular. Very good. Um, being sensitive to time, will you uh, just pray us out real quick? I will, Jerry. And again, my apologies there. Uh, Father, we thank you, Lord, for another day to serve you. We thank you for your word and that is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We ask that you go with each one of us today as we begin our week and uh, we just pray that you'll be with each and every one of those that are on this call today we just we love you and we thank you lord for all the these things in your name we ask amen amen well done my friend love you guys have a fantastic day thank you jerry yep love you too all right bye-bye